Yeah. What's good, everybody? Welcome to Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Spin number jewels, you heard? I'll be your host, Mac More Money. And I'm Finesse Leo. That's a, that's a fact, guys. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah welcome back to, to the show, right? man. Episode, Episode 52. You yes, sir. Know. Yes, sir. And, uh, we break we break through the halfway mark, so we get in there, roll to 100. You know what I'm saying? Rolling dice out here. Yeah, rolling dice. Rolling <laughs> the dice. You know what I'm saying? We have a very special guest today. Very, very special guest. So, this is um somebody... That um I'm that me and Maceo met when we were teenagers, mm-hmm. and he's like somebody that we like basically looked up up to in a way because he's a very positive you know role model, a positive person, very knowledgeable, so, very knowledgeable, very very down to earth and calm person. So we would like to introduce to you one of our OGs. We feel can we say that? You certainly can. Yes, okay. <laughs> one of our OGs, our brother Ujima. Nice welcome, sir. You, sir. Thank welcome you for back. stopping by. Thank Not you. Not a problem. Welcome. Welcome. All right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So, basically, like, you know, we wanted to have Ujima here today because, like I said, he's somebody that we feel is really knowledgeable. He mm-hmm. uh, he helped us a lot, especially when we was um, in, like, you know, growing up, going to college, when we first started college, he would meet us in the library, was very, like, you know, hands-on helping me when I, when I did my first very interview with um David Banner, you know the rapper David Banner, he came up with the questions uh and helped me do the interview. You know what I mean? So I always appreciated him for that. So I always wanted to like, you know, sit down. Once we started the podcast, I always wanted to sit down and, you know, get to know you more because I, I, I didn't I only interact with you, you know, at school and stuff like that because Maceo met you before me. So can you talk about how, how you met Maceo, how you met um Ujima? Uh, well, if you want to tell a story, you can go yeah. ahead. Oh, I like to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so it's so bad. I believe it was uh, my senior year or junior year. And I was working at Pathmark, and then um, I just happened yeah, to, high school, of high, high school, school of high yeah. school, yeah. And then um, I I think we was just exchanging words because you was like buying something, and then all of a sudden, you know, we just got just a connection grew after that. It was just really a short conversation, like, and then we kind of gave me your number. And then mm-hmm. we stayed in contact throughout so many years of uh, from junior senior year of high school to now. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Um, I just seem to have, for some reason, a natural ability to connect with young people, especially those people who are positive. And one of the things that impressed me um, is that you know you're able to take the time, and you were very expressive in terms of you know. Um, your feelings about certain things that were going on at the time mm-hmm. and in a very conscious and positive manner. Thank you. So, um, for that reason, you know, as he said, we exchanged numbers and we formulated the bond that is lasting until this day. Yes. And so, I remember, yeah, and I remember Maceo was like, kind of like telling me, oh, I met I met this guy, Ujima, yo, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, you know, he's a cool dude. He's a, like, yo, I like him a lot. And, and I was like, oh, and then Ren, and then when I started working there at Papron, then I finally met him. You know, I finally met Ujima. So, you know, and that, that was cool. And then we built from there. And and then so now I want to get into your origins, really. Mm-hmm. That's the whole main reason why uh, I wanted to bring, I wanted to get to know you more. So can you give us... Oh, like, first, yeah, for, first give us a meaning of your name. Yeah, wow. yeah. What's the meaning of your name? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, first. That's a good question. What's what is the meaning of your name? What is your full... <laughs> so what is your full name? Can you, okay. you would like to say? First of all, my full name is Ujima Abdul Halim mm-hmm. Jami. Now, see, you're getting something that most people don't get. They usually get the initials. Ujima <laughs> A-H, Jami, but... Uh, 
you know, I, I don't mind sharing that mm -hmm. because it has a very significant meaning. And uh, first of all, the name Ujima is from uh, Swahili, Key Swahili. Mm. Those who are familiar with Kwanzaa have heard that name because it's one of the principles. And it means one who is a brother to his people, one who helps them solve their problems, and one who tries to improve his community. Mm. And the rest of my name is from the, from the Arabic. And Abdul means slave or servant of, and whatever follows that has to be, the creator. All right? Now, when I say slave, don't get... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, twist it, okay? Because just like uh, if you're familiar with the story of Kunta Kinte, mm -hmm. who was a real person, the story mm -hmm. told Roots, Roots, okay. and uh, of course Roots came out actually three times. You know, though the most recent was wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So yeah. some people may be familiar with it, but he told each generation in his family, "Behold, the only one greater than yourself." So when we say slave, that means we are slave to no one else except for the Creator. So this is what kept him going and his, his descendants going because regardless of who called himself their master or whatever, in his mind, he was only slave to the creator, the Most High. Yes. And that was it. Yes. And so the rest of the name are names of the creator. Um, Halim, meaning he's mild and he's merciful and compassionate in character. And um, also uh, Jami means um, the gatherer, the collector. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the significance of uh, my whole name together with the African roots as well as the, the uh, Arabic roots is the fact that we are one people. And the f and though most people don't know this, the first Arab was an African named Yarab. Mm -hmm. And there is, there's so much that we don't know in our history that is that is phenomenal, and it's very significant. We're taping this broadcast during the very last part of Black History Month, but Black History deserves more than the month. It's forever. It's forever. It's forever. I agree. I agree. Now, uh, can you give us a, like, a, a little summary of like your upbringing? Yeah, well, yeah. so where, where are you from? Where you come from? That's a good question. I'm, uh, I, actually, I was born in Brooklyn. Okay. Okay. And um, it's very funny because the part of Brooklyn that I came from it's called Gowanus. Most people never heard of it. But, yeah. it, uh, but nevertheless, um, I, w I ran it. My, my ex-girlfriend, okay, I saw her one day. And, I w you know, she came to visit her parents. Mm -hmm. And she had her husband there mm -hmm. with her. And as I was leaving, I overheard him say something about Gowanus. Mm. And I said, no, he couldn't say Gowanus. Nobody heard of Gowanus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I went back in. And so uh, I said, did you, excuse me, but did you say something about Gowanus? And he said, yeah. He said, I'm from Gowanus. I said, well, I'm from Gowanus. Mm. So he said, no, you're not. Who did you know? So I named the people that I knew. Mm -hmm. You know, and now, keep in mind, I left there when I was three and a half. Mm. But I still had ties with some people. And he, he was so shocked because he said, you know what? The people that you named were the best people that came out of Gowanus. Mm. And I was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? So I only, you know, elaborate on that because it's part of, you know, my roots, my upbringing, and yeah. I didn't even know that they were the yeah. best people, yeah. you know. But one thing I could always say is that I came from good stock. As I see you yourself, you all came from good stock. You had a good it. set of, uh, uh, of, of people who had uh, very serious family values yes. and, yes. Uh, you know, and, uh, and, and um, substance, you know, in, 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 in your growth and development. And that's mm -hmm. so important. That's so important. As I said, it came out 
Um, when I was three and a half to Long Island with my family, of course. Okay. And uh, we settled in Roosevelt. And we were one of a... Actually, <laughs> that story itself is so mind-blowing. You, you was one of the first black families to come to Roosevelt? Well, uh, when Roosevelt started being developed. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm going to say that only because of the fact that I've found out recently there were people that... Black people in Roosevelt. But only, you know, a handful here and there that go back even to 40 years before I got there. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. But um, wait, 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 they wait. were. I you mean, it's like a year. When did you come to uh, when, okay. uh, Long Island? Okay, well, I came to Long Island in January of 1957. Or gotcha. Okay, like gotcha. that. Okay. 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 And, uh, so this is mainly white. Yeah, mainly that's white. Oh, oh, yes. Uh-huh, yeah. But, yeah, but you got to let them know the. So give them the. Yeah, oh, no, 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 transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was definitely a part of the transition. But one thing that was very interesting about Roosevelt that a lot of people also don't know, and I found this out from my mother because she worked on the census, which is the first census that actually included Roosevelt. Um, in 1960, she said that something a white person had told her when he she asked him, you know, well, what made you come out to Roosevelt? He said because every ethnic group was represented in Roosevelt, and I was like, what? There were even Portuguese in Roosevelt. There were there were people. I mean, mostly it was Jewish people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then other, you know what we call white people or whatever, Italian, this, that, Yeah, yeah, Europeans. But there yeah. were definitely Portuguese here, and I found that confirmed later on. And there were also some black people. Some black people didn't live in the best conditions. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we came out to, to Roosevelt, uh, two things. Number one, uh, our house was built for us. Mm. Number two, something I didn't find out until my mother died, okay? Mm. And that is one of the best friends uh, who later on became um, the head of Long Island NAACP. She was recalling about my mother when she when she passed mm. that um, she initially had no interest in coming out to, you know, Roosevelt Freeport, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and at that time, black people only lived on the southern part of Roosevelt gotcha. and the very northern part of mm. Freeport, okay? And uh, he said, but my, my mother was so adamant, she went and picked out a, a lot for her. She found a real estate broker for her. Okay. And she taught her how to get the best possible price for the property. And she also told her about, she said, oh, I want you to go because they have such a good school district. So I was like, wow. And I also know that um, my mother belonged to a, a group of people it was a group of maybe like nine women mm. from the projects there <laughs> who band together and they work together to help each other pay the rent wow. and help wow. each other That's move good. out as a, as a collective body to the Roseboro Freeport area. That's real yeah. womanhood right there. Absolutely. That's real womanhood. That, you know, and, but it was it was those kind of times though. You know, mm-hmm. you had a lot of um, I, I, I wouldn't really say that was unique at that time, because a lot of times when people couldn't pay rent, they had rent parties. Mm-hmm. People took care of each other's uh, um, children, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, at that time, listen, let me it tell you like something. No, it was like more like more normal to see that? Oh, it was normal. As a matter of fact, you better not get in trouble back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, those are the times where <laughs> your neighbor was allowed <laughs> to get Yeah, that's thing. what I'm saying. Now, now you can't do that no, no more. No, no, no. Not only your neighbor, your teacher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mom, yeah, my mom told me about that plenty of times, facts. You know, and, um, and I found out, as, again, as I found out later on, 
And I went to a program that was in a whole other town, Lakeview, and this person yeah, was yeah, yeah, in Hampstead. Yeah. And they were speaking about how they had found out that unbeknownst to them, that the different opportunities we had, the opportunities to go on picnics, the opportunities to go to camp, the opportunities we had, mm. you know, what was called the African-American experience, which was a whole black consciousness effort on at Hofstra and Adelphi University, mm. where blacks from all over Long Island came together, you know, when we were in the, you know, the high school age or even sometimes elementary. And um, all this was orchestrated by our parents. Our parents wow. had met together, wow. and they had a bond which we didn't even yes. know wow. about. Okay, that and reminds me back then their, too. Their yeah. whole purpose in moving from Brooklyn, Manhattan, or wherever mm -hmm. to Long Island was to give a better opportunity for their children. Yes, everything they did was for the benefit of their children. That just reminded me because um, you know, back when we was in elementary school, they had something like called the PTA. You know, where like oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. PTA, stuff like that. PAL, PAL, like, and that yo, that reminds me of that kind of sounds like our story because that was the whole reason why we we uh, my parents wanted to move out here. My mom really wanted to. Like, you know, because we came from a rough neighborhood. Yeah. We came from Jamaica, Queens. So, you know, that, that area is like, you know, it could be pretty tough. And we was young. We moved here when we was like four or five years old, 2002. So, mm -hmm. like, she, and I always asked her, like, why? Like, it's so, because, you know, it's so expensive out here and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, mom, like, like you know, when they when my parents was having trouble paying the bills, I used to be asking them, "Mom, why you why you move out here if it's like if you having trouble with it?" And they would tell like to you know it's a better condition for you guys, like better condition, better schooling, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I never really thought about it like that, you so, know. So yeah, until you get a little I, bit older, I, I, I can um, relate to your story. I can definitely relate to your story. Definitely. Well, I, I definitely um, didn't really understand that as much at the time. Mm -hmm. Although I, most of my my uncles, aunts, and stuff like that were still in the city. Mm -hmm. um, until one day, I was talking to one of my cousins, and he grew up in uh, Manhattan, the lower part of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me about his school experience, and he was talking about, <laughs> he, oh man, it was rough. He was talking about the the, the gates they had. And, mm. um, it was sort of like what happened later on, you know, when when you had to be buzzed in, you had to be scanned and all that kind of. Yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah. really rough experience, and I was like, I am so glad <laughs> that I didn't have to grow up in those kind of conditions mm -hmm. because yeah. I, I was like, wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I was very appreciative, and uh, but like uh, like you said, I, I saw the community trans transition. Mm -hmm. um, matter of fact. Uh, Believe it or not, I was uh, close friends with a guy by the name of Howard Stern. I don't know if you heard of him. Yeah, or not. wow. But wow, uh, wow. so okay, he's from what? He's from Long Island, right? He's from Roosevelt. He's from Roosevelt. Yes. Okay, copy. <laughs> I forgot he is. He is from Long Island. That's a fact. So, so you you kind of grew up with Howard Stern, basically. I used to go over his house every day and play. Wow, yes, wow. Shout out to Howard Stern. Yeah, shout out to him, man. That's crazy. And so. believe it or not, he still talks about it. Wow, really? He so oh, does please. he? He knows you by your Muslim name, or do he? Well, only now he does because what oh, okay. happened was, what happened was, he when, before he was preparing to do his movie, he wanted to go to Roosevelt High School, and that didn't work out. And then he was have, trying to have people uh, try to get in touch with me because he knew, you know, that you know we we were close and everything like that. And it just so happened that I was on the Long Island Railroad one day, 
and this white guy was sitting next to me. Yeah. And we just got to talking. You know how people do the small talk thing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I had said something about radio or whatever. And uh, so he said, so he, no, he asked me where I was from. And I think I said Roosevelt. He says, oh. He said, I work with a guy from Roosevelt. I said, really? Who's that? And he said, Howard Stern. I said, Howard Stern? I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, I'm his producer. I'm like, what? <laughs> I said, well, listen. I said, do me a favor. This is my number. You give it to Howard Stern. And see what he says. Mm. <laughs> and next thing you know, uh, he, he hit you. He, he called me on the phone and put me on the air. <laughs> ah, shout out to him. Shout out to him. <laughs> so, you know, um, so, and that was very interesting. As a matter of fact, most people have told me, you'd be surprised who listen to his show. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you right now. But most people um, have told me that was the best show that he ever did. Wow. wow. See, I'm. it's crazy because. <laughs> Yo, Howard Stern, you know, growing up, you know, he was known as like, to me, just like the crazy, outlandish (laughs) radio show. That's Uh what I, you know, so that was, that's really interesting that, you know, he has you on and stuff like that. And and knowing the type of person, you know, you, I didn't even think he, you know, like knew about those type of things. Well, actually, you know, some, some of that is a role playing on on the radio. Because you got to remember, he came up in the time of Imus. He came up in the time of Imus and and that Mm. was his competitor. You know, those kind of, you know, shock jocks. Yeah, yeah, shock value, yeah. You know, Uh, but it's very interesting because I I was in radio myself. Mm -hmm. And I, actually, the first time I heard that he was in radio, I really didn't, my brother, um, who, you know, grew up on the, he was in Washington, D.C., he was on the Washington Post, now he has his own um, national broadcast uh, uh-huh. for, uh, you know, all the minority journalists in the country who, called Journalisms. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he he sent me an article about this guy in Washington, D.C. that was on the radio, named Howard Stern. And when he sent me the picture, I was like, nah, that's not him. Because <laughs> he looked so different. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it sounded, the description of him, nah, he was a nice, quiet little Jewish kid. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. That can't be him. And sure enough, <laughs> wow, that's him. It, it was him. You know? But, uh, you know, it, it was, like I said, it was a very interesting time. Mm-hmm. The, the community transition, and one of the reasons why the transition was because of what we call real estate greed. Mm. Okay, and what I mean by that yeah, is, down is, is, yeah. is the fact that, as I said, my house was built for us, and so were a lot of the other in in the neighborhood. As a matter of fact, there was one particular street that we went down. It was a dirt road, mm. yeah. like, yo, <laughs> and my I car got stuck in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. my parents' car got stuck in it. But uh, so anyway, sort of like the settlement of this country, you know. Um, eventually, you get to the point where there's no another no place to go. You, 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 so there were no more houses left. All the houses, all the, all the lots were all built. So there were no more houses. Mm. So what did the real estate developers do? Decide to do in Roosevelt? Well, what they decided to do was, all right, in order for them to make money, was to break into the white people's houses and then spread the word that it was black people who did it. Wow. Meanwhile, the police didn't do anything. That's crazy. (laughs) Another thing they would do, another thing they would do, was that they they would let's say let's say I'm just using father for example mm-hmm. they would go to a house of a white person and have your father with them and they say ask the father to you know just uh, uh, wait for a minute on the on the on the curb while he goes in the house so he goes to the door rings the doorbell white lady answers and he says uh, oh I'm so and so and so from such a real estate company and uh, you know I understand you wanna um, 
sell your house. Yeah. She said, oh, well, no, I don't know where you got that idea from. I'm not interested in selling my house. But. Mm. So he would say, well, you see that black gentleman there? And, you know, pointing to your father, whatever. And she said, yeah. Well, you know, he was interested in buying your house because you know, his brother just moved across the street with his 10 kids. <laughs> and she would say, 10 kids? What? Oh, Next thing you know, there's a for sale sign on the house. Dirty, <laughs> they were playing real dirty. Gosh, so, oh man! I mean, this is all true. This is all. Yeah, true. yeah, yeah I could believe because they, they did they did those type of um staging tactics today, like during the riots and stuff that we had for George Floyd. They mm-hmm. were doing those type of things, so I can I totally believe it. Yeah, but it was but it was it was a good thing and a bad thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, you know, I still miss a lot of the. White folks that I went to school with. Like that. <laughs> I feel you. Um, but it was a good thing because, in the sense that black people proved that they could uh, uh, um, make it on their own and, yeah. and, and do well. And yeah, let me just explain something. The whole welfare system and everything like let, that. Let me just explain something. When I moved to Roosevelt, you know, I lived on Frederick Avenue. Now, there was a guy, uh, there were several people who built their own houses. I mean, black people that actually built their own houses. There was a doctor on my uh, down the street from me whose house was in Ebony Magazine. Mm. Okay, another doctor around the corner. Uh, there were uh, a guy across the street from me. I never really knew this until much, much, much later. Was a World War II hero. And when mm. I say World War II hero, I'm just not saying just anybody. No, his naval crew was part of the crew that, that won World War II. For the United States, wow. mm-hmm. okay, they uh, that's called the USS Mason. His name was James Graham, and the same way people talk about, you know, the uh, uh, um, the 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 um, what's the Air, Air, Air Force thing? The uh, red, the red, um, you know, the name of that. <laughs> wait, uh, uh, you know, uh, the flyers, you know, all the black flyers. Yeah, yeah, the red tails, the red, red tails, tails. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. They, you know, who who did the same thing from their aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the same impact, and it was really interesting because if you study history, and I have to say this because Black history, mm-hmm. right? Um, black people have literally won every single war that America had fought. Even though many times they said, "Well, we don't want black people to write. Oh, you got to stay here. You know, you got to be a white commander. You got to do this," and they gave them all kind of hell. Matter of fact. A lot of people don't realize the civil rights movement. I mean, we can talk about Martin Luther King, we can talk about Rosa Parks, we can talk about these different issues. But one aspect that was very significant that people don't realize or talk about was the black veterans who came home. Because mm. what happened is after they fought for this country, they fought hard. Yes. And they were very proud of the role they did. And, yes. they, and they won the war, like I said, yep. for this country. Then they came here, came back home and got discriminated against. Wow. They couldn't find housing. Or if they did get housing, yes. wow. it was, okay, yes. your house yeah. don't have a basement. Your house is, is, is three times the house... In Levittown, mm-hmm. which you can't go in Levittown because yeah, that's right I was over. just about to bring up Levittown because <laughs> when they was like you just said when they came back from the war, uh-huh. the, the for the GI bills, the black soldiers like oh we want to move to Levittown too, and they was like no only for white people and redlining them, and, right. they, and that's where I learned about redlining mm-hmm. where and 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 it started learn oh that's why I grew because well, growing up I'm like shit oh pardon me I'm like um. Oh, why? Uh, why is it like certain areas 
old, bad, and then you so go nice. to down the block is nice. nice yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like it's it, it bugs me out. It really bugs me out. And I'm like, oh, when I started doing the history, learning about like you know, like you said, the history of you know them building the houses around here in the suburbs and everything. I'm like, wow, it all makes sense of how everything is set up. You know what I mean? It, 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 it really crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, and they systematically do it to keep us in certain areas mm-hmm. and keep, and you know, to keep us segregated. Yeah, segregated basically, yeah. just pure yeah. segregation, basically. Right, but like I said, it was good and as well as bad. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the good things, like I said, we proved ourselves. They had a place called the Sportsman 30. It was on Babylon Turnpike, President's mm-hmm. a Catholic uh, home for women or whatever. Mm-hmm. But. When I say Sportsman 30, it was an ex- it was a club with a swimming pool, and they had a similar one upstate New York that was put together by 50 black businessmen. Mm-hmm. Okay, that came out of the Roosevelt Freeport area, and so and that's and when I say 50, I mean they, they weren't the only black businessmen at that time. There were so many black businesses; it wasn't funny. I mean, we had cleaners, know, yeah, we had yeah, we had uh, yes. taxi people, we had at least three oil businesses. Mm. We had, I mean, you name it. We we were like all over the place, you know. And we, like I said, we excelled. Uh, in terms of the high school, uh, Rosa High School was undefeated for three years. Wow! You know, and several teams, not just uh, basketball, football, but <laughs> wrestling. I mean, they they were they yeah. were doing the thing. We had a planetarium. No. Nobody had a planetarium. <laughs> you know, and there were so many things, and so many people came out of Roosevelt. And I'm, of course, I'm not putting any other place down because Hempstead uh, has its, its people mm-hmm. that came out of Hempstead. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Tex is one example. Shirley Ralph is another example. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Method Man is another example. Oh yeah, yeah, facts, yeah, facts. Right. Yeah, he came, you know? Before he came from Staten Island, um, he came from Hempstead and um. Right, Mob, um, Mob Deep, you know Prodigy. Right, I was gonna say Prodigy, Prodigy. from Hempstead too. Well, listen, let me tell you something about Prodigy because I met Prodigy. Oh, and yeah, wow. that's, yeah, that's one of my personal rap heroes. Yeah, oh, but listen, I love Prodigy. Let, yeah. let me tell you something. I met him. I went all the way out to Queens. Mm. He was speaking. He had written a book. He actually read a couple books, right. and he wrote a book about his illness. Mm. Oh, yeah, sickle cell. Um, right, yeah. a sickle cell to encourage people to, you know, get checked. And eat better. And eat better and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. So he was speaking at um, one of the black libraries there. A friend of mine was the director. And so I went out there, and when I met him, and I asked him, you know, would he be willing to come out to speak to, you know, the people out at Roosevelt Library? He said, Roosevelt? Oh, yeah, man, wow, that's it. Yo, man, that's home. Yo, that's that's home. Yo, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's I thought you was from Hempstead. Well, Hempstead Rose was the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. Yo, yo, when it comes to Long Island, yo, honestly, and, and that's and and one thing you know, growing up, like even though we from we originally from Queens, but we kind of like Long Island like raised us in a way. So it's like. We growing up, we always faced the discrim- like the boroughs always discriminated yeah. against us, yes. like always slept on us, uh-huh. like oh we was whack, we was corny, boring, and I'm like so many figures rock him. All these people, so public many enemy. public enemy, yeah, right. like Chuck D, Flavor Flav, they all came. The one of the some of the greatest rap artists that started the culture came from out of Long Island. Well, so, and that's why they call Strong Island. But you yeah, know, Strong Island. Uh, let, let me let me just say this because you mentioned it, and mm-hmm. I have to say this, and I'm, I'm it's not from an ego tripping uh, standpoint, but I had a lot to do with that history. Not Rakim, mm-hmm. but um, but you mentioned public enemy. You mentioned you know because what happened is. You know, see, I, I, I built some of the people that came. My brother 
my oldest brother was in the first graduating class, my second brother, second graduating class from Roosevelt High School, and which was actually built because of a famous celebrity that came out of Roosevelt by the name of John Mackey. Okay, okay. John Mackey. Yeah. John Mackey, oh, he was with the NFL, and he was, oh, he's he was a football NFL player. Football okay. player. Wow. He was exceptional. He was very exceptional. Matter of fact, very interesting sidebar about John Mackey. Uh, well, the, let me tell you why the school was built after him, because at that time, Roosevelt didn't have a high school. Mm -hmm. okay. So if you, when you got to that level, you got to that, you had the choice to go to Freeport High School or Hempstead High School. Yeah. And he chose to go to Hempstead High School. So when he got to the NFL and he got all these accolades, they said John Mackey from Hempstead. And boy, did that make Roosevelt upset. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Roosevelt was so upset. They were like, yo, you know, we got to go to high school. got to get to school, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they had a what they call junior-senior high school. And mm -hmm. that's where we grew up, in, uh, you know, until very recently when they actually finally decided to build a middle school and have a separate Yeah, school. yeah, that's yeah. what I was like. Because yeah. junior C is like middle school through graduation. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. So anything, here's a side note about John Mackey. Two things that uh, came from him, and that was... Uh, you know, he had suffered a very serious injury, mm. which led to his death, you know, uh, uh, you know, like brain injury and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, and so if you're familiar with the concussions and stuff like that, that really, that movement actually started with what happened to John Mackey. So like wow. CTE and all those things? It started oh, wow. with what happened to John okay. Mackey. And then, of course, it, you know. Why did he like, like um, why did he have like started having mental issues? Yeah. Um, yes. From yeah, the, like, yeah. what? How did he die? He killed himself or something? No, no, no. He didn't kill himself. Okay. But I'm just saying it affected him. Mm -hmm. And he was speaking slow and stuff oh, like that. Oh, okay. That, yeah, all the, of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And, you know, of course, you know, Muhammad Ali's situation yeah, Parkinson's, really, Parkinson's, really, yeah. really popularized that movement. Okay. But here's another thing, another side note. Another Long Islander by the name of Jim Brown. Okay. Jim Brown? Wait, the football player? The football player. Wait, he's from Long Island? He's from Manhasset, Great Neck. Exactly. You're lying. Jim no, Brown, not. the civil rights activist. Jim, Jim Brown. Brown. That's correct. You're lying. No, You're I'm lying. Not. Listen, I did. he's right from Long Island. All the people that's from... Wow. Listen, Tatiana Ali is from um, North... Uh, wow. Belmont. Uh, She's from Batman First Prince yeah. of Ballet. Oh, yeah. Wow. I told you other people that came along. You'd be shocking. Even, yeah. even... Now, this is before your time. And uh, give you a minute. <laughs> yeah, continue. Okay, uh, even before your time, there's a girl named a white girl named Sandra D, mm. and she was the first Gidget, and she made movies. She got married to Bobby Darren. She actually lived in Roosevelt, two doors from the high school. Mm. Okay, so Roosevelt has its history, and is and, you know so many. But the side note I was gonna say about John Mackey is the fact that oh, I, I learned a long time ago that Jim Brown discovered. Earth, Wind, Fire. Wow. And there was another group called Friends of Distinction. They made Going in Circles and uh, mm -hmm. Grazing the Grass of the Gas. Yeah, yeah, I know Earth, Wind, and Fire for sure. I, oh, don't, okay. I don't know the other band. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, you know, the, um, the the second girl they had in that group actually came from the Friends of Distinction. And they were very, those songs were very popular. Mm -hmm. But anyway, nevertheless, okay. So I was very curious when um, Maurice White from Earth, Wind, and Fire, he died. And I had a, a book. He, that he wrote, as well as one that Philip Bailey. So I'm comparing notes, and I want to see, you know, that story and get it accurate. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, Jim Brown, what they say about Jim Brown? And so I read that. And then I, I remember that I just had got a mm -hmm. book that Jim Brown wrote mm -hmm. his autobiography. So I look in the book to see what he had to say about Earth, Wind, and Fire. And so when I get to that part, he says that his next-door neighbor, John Mackey, John. told him, that he should check out this group called Earth and Fire. And I was like, 
Wow. I so said, that's deep. He and this guy from Roosevelt. Two guys, yeah. Right. They both, he right. plugged them in. He right. plugged them in. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, I mean, it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Okay. But getting back to that history, I was saying, mm -hmm. okay, so what happened was, I, like I said, the classic were phenomenal. My brother was the kind of person, my oldest brother, who introduced me to all of his friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, even though he was six years older than me, uh -huh. I knew all of his friends. Yeah. Okay, and they were phenomenal. They were they, that's some really serious history with them. Wow. Okay, and um, so later on, when I was working at Roosevelt Youth Center, okay, after I had been on the radio, I had I, I had uh, was a um, <laughs> what they call a gopher, uh, somebody goes in the store, or whatever, whatever, yeah. for a guy by the name of well, they call him Imhotep, Gary Bird, mm -hmm. okay, and he was on WRL, and Gary Bird. W what? WRL at the time, mm -hmm. which was in Queens, okay, St. Albans, Queens, <coughs> not St. Albans, uh, Woodside, Queens. Oh, Woodside, okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and who has since going on to write several things with Stevie Wonder, you know, mm -hmm. including a song called Black Man, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, uh, which is a phenomenal Black History piece. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and then after that, after I came back from college in Ohio, um, I started working with some of the people at WBLS mm. and based on the experience I had with those people um, I set up a radio training program at the Youth Center uh. out of that radio training program okay it was called WRYC named after the Roswell Youth Center obviously um, I uh, we the center was having some kind of program and nobody was coming to the program so I'm like you know like yo what's up <laughs> you know mm -hmm. I said, give me them flyers. <laughs> so I took the radio, you know, some of the DJs I was training, oh. and and we went to First Roosevelt Park with the flyers, yeah. and we just played for free, mm -hmm. and that didn't do anything. So we said, what the heck with that? So we went to the Centennial Park, and we were the first DJs to come to the Centennial Park, mm -hmm. and and we became a mobile DJ group called, which I gave the name, wow. Spectrum. Spectrum. And okay. Spectrum, or Spectrum City, as it became later on, actually evolved into what today we call public enemy mm. okay so gotcha. so did so i had a part of that history and also i, I gave talent shows I, I had i was running youth council yeah. um i had college expo so, program can i ask you yeah. this yeah so when did you when did you really start officially getting into like you know your community, like active um community activism. When did you? Oh, that's very easy. That? When I was sixteen. When you six? Oh, so, wow. early. so early. You yeah. yeah. been about 16. the community. Been about. Oh, wow. Yes, I was sixteen. Peak your interest in it. Though. Yeah, well, peak okay. Your well, it was too, well, this is what happened. What happened was, you know, this was around the time that the Black Panthers and Black National, more like the Black Conscious, became uh, popular. Yep. And what happened was, I had found that me and a group of other people had found out. That at the at the at the Rosa Youth Center, which originally was a Jewish synagogue, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. and it was, but there was still some white people here yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time, okay, um, had um, there was white people that were tutoring our young people at the, yeah. at, and we were like incensed because yeah, we were like saying, what yeah. we could do that ourselves, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What what? So we mm -hmm. went down there to the youth center and we just told them like, look, you know, look, we appreciate what you're doing and stuff like that, but we got this. <laughs> and to their credit, they was like, no problem. You know, we understand, you know, and, and one of the one of the students that I started tutoring was a guy by the name of Howard Jenkins and um, his father was the head of the, uh, in Rockwell Center, South High School, he was the head of the English department and later on he became 
uh, until his recent death, the chairman of the African American Studies Department at wow. Nassau Community College. Wow, that's wow. crazy. Okay. I told you, I took the African American Studies class. Oh, so okay. Did you take it with him? No, it wasn't him. It was a, it was a lady in Africa. Marquita James, probably? I forgot, I forgot her name. She had like dreadlocks. Oh, okay. No, I don't she was, she was young for her age. So oh, right? she was young. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, I went to the But anyway, so what happened is, so he was so excited with the, you know, the way he couldn't deal with algebra and I made it so easy for him. Yeah. I said, math could be fun and I told him that Black people invented algebra. Black people invented math. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I said, there's no way you can't do this because we invented it. So what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? And so what happened is he took me over to his house, introduced me to his father, and his father had this such a fantastic library. It was out of this world. And his father took me, you know, to the side and, and you know, and told me about the importance of reading, you know, which of course I grew up in a house where reading was important. Anyway, but... You know, I had never seen so many books, and especially on black history, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. And, at, you know, and that's why at the age of 16, I, I really started becoming involved in the, in the community, especially after I was introduced to a, a young lady, Dr. Emily Moore, and she, she's definitely a figure. She's yeah. she's considered she was considered the Angela Davis of Long Island. Wow, you know? okay, copy. That and, says a uh, lot. That really says a lot. Yeah. So I wanted to... <clears throat> So yeah, getting more into uh, your life, I wanted to know when, when did you, when did you get it, um, get introduced to Islam? So like, what was your? Oh, yeah. Can you tell us your American name before? Like, yeah, you, I mean, your, uh, you know, your born name. My government was born, name. Your government, government name. Yeah. I, I don't you tell people, but you know, it was. Um, <laughs> it, it was Alan Prince, I guess. Um, Alan Prince. Yes. Oh, okay, so okay. I think the Prince part is kind of significant, but mm-hmm. uh, nevertheless. Okay, well, what happened was, as I mentioned, there was a transition yeah. in the community. And, you know, Howard Stern had left uh, with his parents right after Julius Irving, who, another person that came out of Roosevelt. He's from Roosevelt, Julius or Dr. J? Absolutely. If you go to Nassau Road right now, you're going to see... Oh, yes, yes, time. yes. I was... Yo, actually, you bugged me out. You just bugged me out. I was always wondering why I said Julius Irvin. I was like, that can't be the same Julius Irvin. <laughs> NBA Julius Irvin. For the Sixers, Julius Irvin. Listen, oh, my let me God. tell you. Julius is definitely from Roosevelt. Wow. He has done yeah. so much for Roosevelt. I, can't even, I couldn't so. even tell you how much, how much he did for Roosevelt. Wow. You know, um... Yeah, and Centennial Park. Facts. Centennial Park well, right there. Well, he, 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 yeah. he was one of the people who did dedicated Centennial Park mm. and uh, he used to bring the NBA uh, and record stars down to Centennial Park mm-hmm. and when Roosevelt High School uh, was on a deficit um, he he was still at the Nets they dedicated certain uh, Nets games the pro- some of the proceeds from the Nets games to Roosevelt you know so that they could buy uniform and support the athletic program mm. and also he had a hand in and he doesn't like to say this, but he had a hand in in the uh, PAL center. Mm. Oh wow, yeah. that's great. Uh, so you know he and every year he would address the students either at what was then called Theodore Roosevelt, now it's called Ulysses Bias or Centennial. Mm-hmm. So the graduating class, he would always do that. So you know he had a hand, and I I was fortunate to um, the president of my class when I was sixteen was his brother Marvin, and uh, that's another important fact because Marvin. He was, as the expression goes, ahead of his time. He was, whatever I was into, he was into something beyond that wow. that I had never even thought about. Mm. Like I was with the Junior Naval Reserve, right? And uh, I was like, I thought that was something. And then I, uh, we went one day. We went to the Armory, 
and uh, we visited there, and they they had the uh, Civil Air Patrol, you know, going on, and uh, he was part of that. And I was like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, yo, learned how to jump out of planes and the whole night. Like, yo, that was like a whole nother. You know, his friends were the best people in the class. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he was a Newsday carrier uh, on my block and everything like that. All the adults knew his name and respected him. I'm like, mm -hmm. how did these That's people great. know him? He's looked up high <laughs> you know, How did they mm -hmm. know him? And then, you know, and uh, unfortunately he died mm. when he was 16. He had a rare, rare disease. Oh. Uh, but, and that was unheard of back then for anybody at that young age mm -hmm. to um, to pass away like that. And, but his, his funeral was attended, heavily attended. Mm. But it had an impact on me, as I'm sure, you know, other people in, in of that at that time because I felt, well, there was so much that he wanted to do and wasn't able to do oh. that somebody has to carry that on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I felt like, you know, I was carrying on that spirit for him mm -hmm. because he couldn't do it himself. Gotcha. You know, so that was important. Um, so, yeah, yeah oh, you, yeah, get him back into the back to the. Oh, so, yeah, how, yeah. So, I kind of took you. I went to okay, we went to, yeah, we yeah, went to, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, how was, um, so, yeah, what was your start, um, with, like, getting introduced to Islam? Like, did you. Did you grow up like yeah, religious, religious household? You, yeah. Did you grow oh, up? Oh yes, religious? I definitely grew up in a religious household. Yeah. My parents, uh, you know, used to go to the church, and I, I, I was active in that church. Matter of fact, the pastor was around my oldest brother's age, so we, we, we were really close like that. My father was not only in, a, in the choir, but uh, he was a deacon, and my second oldest brother who was a deacon for the church too. So I, I you know, so he was we, a fan of it, a fan of being in church. Like, did you like being in church? I, I, no, I had no problem. I had yeah. no problem at all. You know what I'm saying? I was. Very, my family was very well respected, well known, okay. and this, that, and the other. And uh, so that was, but the reason why I was going back to the, the story, because what happened was, as the transition took place in the Roosevelt community from, let's say, white to black, yeah, okay, yeah. we were still having assemblies that we couldn't really relate to as a people. I mean, mm -hmm. they had the... the, the, the uh, like assemblies the, during the community? Or are you talking no, about no, no, in yeah, the schools? In the school. Okay, school okay. assemblies. In other words, they had NASA come. Mm -hmm. At that time, we wasn't into NASA. You know, they had uh, uh, they had uh, the military people come. And it wasn't really feeling that because this is the Vietnam era. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. And and then they had these orchestras come. And, you know... And I had to do something about it because when the orchestra came, people said, oh, do y'all know any James Brown? Actually, I told you, I'm reading Mayfield Parker's book right now. Oh, yes. 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 Mayfield. Yeah, Mayfield was bad. Mayfield so, was bad. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Your name. So, yeah, continue. So, okay. Yeah, continue. So, what happened was, I said, I got to do something about this. And so, what happened is, this was just this um that summer mm -hmm. i sat down and i came up with 12 assemblies and not only did i come up with 12 assemblies that black people could relate to i actually contacted the people mm -hmm. and i did all the work and the only thing i needed was to go to the administration and get the okay wow mm. that's how into it i was and um and 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 it actually had taken place. One of the people was a guy named Ellis Hazup, who had a show on Channel Thirteen. They just doing a, um, his niece. Just that was still PBS at that time. Yes, PBS. Yeah, okay. okay. And it was called Soul. 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 And it preceded Soul Train. Mm. And it and uh, you know when people was on Soul, it was live. Mm. And they had oh, uh, all the top names. Oh, the Fire's first national exposure was on there. Gotcha. Ashton Simpson. 
Uh, there's so many people I can name. Not only not only in terms of entertainment, um, I mean musical entertainment, but poets. The old black poets. Mm-hmm. They had you know last poets, niggas Giovanni, so forth and so on. They had black leaders, Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, mm-hmm. you name it. Everybody, every you know, genre was that was black was on this program, and I brought them to the high school. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was, um, you know, he was well respected when because we had senior high and a junior high, like I said. So they had two different mm-hmm. assemblies. Senior high is respected him greatly, boom, boom. And what he had to say was really serious. Now, in the junior high, <laughs> they had got caught up in something that you know that that was different. Ever. So they gave him a hard time. And there was a lot of noise and stuff while he was speaking and stuff like that. And then I, they really disrespected him. And But his message was so strong. I was like, mm-hmm. yo, this guy is heavy, man. That what happened is I had a lot of Jews and carpet at that time that I did the bulletin boards. Mm-hmm. And I did the bulletin boards in the high school based on the message that he was delivering. Because he was talking. He At that time, and now this was 1971. He spoke, he told me, he said, watch out for cable TV. That's the next thing coming up. Mm. And this is 1971. We hadn't seen cable TV till, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't know, maybe six years, seven years later. You know, so we told me about cable. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so, so a lot of stuff he told me before it actually happened. And so I wanted people to deliver that message. And when I put up the bulletin board, um, my best friend at the time, he looked at the bulletin I said, well, what do you think of the bulletin board? So he looked at the bulletin board. He said, oh, man, that's pretty heavy. He said, you sound like one of the Muslims. And at that time, <laughs> those were fighting words to me. I was like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, different people, other people had said that. But I didn't really pay it any mind. But mm-hmm. when my closest friend said that to me, I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. There must be something to this. You know what I'm saying? So, basically, by, Mus- by Muslim, you talking about the NOI? Well, at that time, that NOI? was that was popular. Okay. But um, that was popular at that time. So, what I did is I, I, I investigated. I said, well, let me see what they're talking about. You know? At that time, and of course, Nassau Community College played a very key role in, 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 in this history, too. Because mm-hmm. um, what had happened to it, the Haraya, which was a black student union at that time, had uh, most of the leadership at that particular year was female. Okay, the guys were still assertive, but they weren't in the top positions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we was kind of like feeling some kind of way. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there were three guys that um, that were Muslim that um, you know were on the campus uh, at the college, and one day they were in a room, and they were just you know speaking about the religion and so forth and so on. So I you know. I went in, boom, boom. So now, I was on the outside, and I was talking to women. At that time, I thought I was, you know, um, the women's best friend. <laughs> you know, yeah, women's women, that's great. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. But anyway, so they had me cornered, because I was the only guy that wasn't in that room. <laughs> and so they said, well, uh, uh, yeah, I see all the guys are in that room. What do you think about it? I said, well, you know, they want to learn. They want to know what that's all about. I mean, they have that right. Yeah, but they teach such and such and such. And I said, well, um, well, they have a point. <laughs> yeah, but they say such and such such. I said, well, you know, actually, I did the research on that. And, um, you know, I came to the same conclusion. Yeah, but 
they say. <laughs> and they kept going back and forth. And I realized mm-hmm. that every point that they were saying, I had found out on my own uh-huh. was true. You know what I'm saying? Even their position on women, which was different than mine at that time, mm-hmm. you know, I said, well, you know what? Because everything else they said was true. Maybe they have a point on that too. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> these women are giving me a hard time. <laughs> you know? So, so I, went, I went in the room uh-huh. and I listened to what they had to say mm-hmm. and I became Muslim. Uh, and these what were age was that? Well, these were that? these like black. What age was that? Yeah, yeah what age was that? Oh wow! Uh, well, I, I became Muslim after my um, was it twenty first birthday? Twenty first, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So and were these were these um, yeah. were these black Muslims? Uh, they were like Arabic Middle Eastern yeah. Muslims. These were black people who were Muslim. Black people, mm-hmm. who were and, and they were real Muslim, traditional Sunni Muslim, absolutely Sunni Muslim. So okay, you were gotcha. dedicated to this religion, like you really like. Absolutely. Oh, so you didn't. So let me ask you this, but I, I did always, come through the nation of Islam. You did, okay. and, and because what happened is, or something I skipped, okay, mm-hmm. was at that between high school and that time, okay, the people I got closest to were Muslim. Mm-hmm. All the people I would be with were Muslim, and um. And, and if they had to make salah, if they had to make prayer, and they were at my house, and they would ask, do you want to make salah? I would say, sure, go ahead. And sometimes I would join them, sometimes I wouldn't join them, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so this is who I really was around, because these were the people that had the most consciousness. Yeah. These are the people mm-hmm. that were going somewhere. They, uh-huh. they, they, they didn't want to get, you know, the quote-unquote white man's education. They wanted their yeah, own, yeah, teach yeah, their yeah, own yeah. and stuff like that. They were striving, and mm-hmm. I, I respected that, uh-huh. you know? And something else that happened, too, speaking of the colleges was that I was on the ground floor of what they called the APO, the African People's Organization. And what happened was that all these different, and that's so unique, because we have Hofstra, we have Adelphi, we have CW Post, yeah. we have uh, uh, New York Tech, and we have, <laughs> somebody I forgot, uh, Hofstra, I didn't say Hofstra, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have these five schools in a, in a, a, a close you know, proximity of each mm-hmm. other. And so what happened is, we decided, or I should say some of the brothers from, uh, this was another factor too, at Old Westbury, decided yeah. mm-hmm. there's no, that we should not be disunited like that. We, whatever name we have, we should all come under one banner. So, Old Westbury decided they would change their name to the APO, African People's Organization. Mm-hmm. Then they proceeded to go to Adelphi, who followed suit, CW Post, who followed suit, Hofstra, who swallowed suit, and Nassau said, no, no, we got Haraya, man, we gonna keep this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we all started to meet together as one unit, you know, at least once a month, and, and which was very, very important because of the fact that at that particular time, I think it was uh, Adelphi had a problem with the very key black studies um, professor they were trying to get rid of. Mm. And um, so we had a meeting, and, and they brought that up. And so somebody from Hofstra said, well, we had the same problem. And uh, so we had a little break, and they said, well, listen, why don't you, Hofstra, sit down with Adelphi and tell them what you did. And see, one of the things that happened during these meetings, because the leadership at that time at Old Westbury, leadership at, um, well, Nassau, as I said, there were three Muslims that were uh, a, a lot of his leadership was Muslim. And at Delphi, they became Muslim, uh, some of the leadership. So they would all stop at certain times to make salat. And like I said, in my house, I would uh, 
Sometimes I mix a lot with them. So, you know, they kept, you know, stopping to mix a lot. So one day I said, well, you know, I said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go mix a lot. I'm going to go see what they're doing. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. So this a lot is prayer. Yes, yes. Prayer. Okay. So, so this all contributed. Mm-hmm. It's always a part of me becoming Muslim. You know, the fact that, again, mm-hmm. the people I was closest to, the incident with the guy from Seoul. Yeah. Plus, and then what happened now? Coming college, uh, but prior to that, like I can say the APO factor because the leadership at Old Westbury, two of the people were Wilson, the or three of the people were Wilson, and the hopship. The guy was Timothy X. He was into Malcolm X, but then you had another guy and uh, two other people that were Wilson, that was part of the leadership. You had you know C.W. Post, okay, a guy named Ali, he who started that the black. Uh, who was one of the people that started the Malik fraternity? Mm. Okay, and belief, um, belief of what fraternity? Fraternity, right? And which is based on, somewhat based on Islam because they they learned the names of like the Creator. He has different names. Yeah. Okay. He's like the most merciful, the most mm-hmm. uh, gracious, the most high, uh, the truth, the the source of peace, so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. So they learn these names and they master these names, and this is part of what they and they have an obligation to do something in the community. So that's what the Malik fraternity is about. And, you know, when I ran into these people, you know, we had a bond because that was based on Islam, you know, and and uh, we still couldn't have a bond. So anyway, so like I said, Islam played that role. So it was a very natural evolution for me, mm. you know. And in Islam, we're constantly learning, you know. And there were some things I learned, by the way, that were just by what somebody else was going accident. Mm. What I mean is they had a, they had a station called um, W, no, I was going to say WBA, mm-hmm. All right, but that's not it. Uh, what it was the All Jazz Station, okay? Uh, it's an All Jazz? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All Jazz. Yeah. All Jazz Station. And WH, no, not WH1. But anyway, it was All Jazz. This particular time, they decided they're not going to play any music. They were going to talk. And they, they decided to talk about the origins of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it was very enlightening. And mm. I was, I just happened to turn it on and they was talking about that. Nope, playing no music. And they was like kicking it. And I was like, wow, this is, oh man, I didn't know that. And what? And this and this. You know, another time, like I, I was very, like I said, I had 12 assemblies. So I got to know a lot of people. I was uh, connected with WBLS and WRL. So I got to know some famous people here and there, right? So I was calling this musician, uh, I was calling this black actor, Sonny, his name is Sonny Carson. They did a movie on him, mm. uh, The Education of Sonny yeah, Carson. Yeah, The Education, is that, right. that's the one with the gang fight, right? Right. What, yeah, I just remember, because uh, I just remember like Ghostface, he sampled that movie a lot in his album. Mm. Well, so let, I let me tell you something, when yeah. that movie came out, he was in jail, because he had got arrested. You know mm. when he got arrested? Why? In wow. Roosevelt. In Roosevelt, wow. <laughs> So I'm gonna tell you. See, Roosevelt is serious. Let me tell you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Let me just side note. Here's something I didn't know. I was very close with this this couple, okay, uh, who lived next door to a friend of mine that um, had graduated a year before me, and her, her, and the lady she lived next door. Her name was Prather Hall Wynn, okay. I just recently found out, just because I was, I kn- knew that she had a significant role in civil rights, mm-hmm. but I didn't know. To what extent? I just knew she was somebody's secretary because I, I had got a tape from the library that went with this book, and they were talking about Dorothy Height, and Dorothy Height was an important civil rights figure, mm-hmm. the NACP and so forth and so on. And then she mentioned, yeah, and I was talking to Prathia, uh, you know, when about such and such and such and such, 
And I'm like, Preeti Wynn? That's an unusual name. I said, that can't be. But there can't be another one. You know what I'm saying? So I asked somebody that knew and said, yeah, you didn't know that? So now, so I was talking to somebody on the phone. And I was telling them, because we were looking up somebody's address on Brookside. And he asked me, well, did, did they live next door to the winds? And so I said, well, um, let me look it up. I want to tell him about mm -hmm. her. And he put me on hold because he got another call. So while I did that, I found out <laughs> something I did not know. That she was so powerful a speaker that Martin Luther King borrowed the whole I have a dream concept from her. Wow. Okay. And he also stated that he hated to speak after her because she was that powerful. Wow. And I was like, what? I knew this lady all this time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And she lived right on Brookside Avenue in Roosevelt. Wow. I'm like, Whoa. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, you know, so this is very significant. And what was her name again? Prathia. Praise Hall, Hall. Win. And I say the whole name because sometimes you'll see it just as Praise the Hall. Uh, Praise the Hall. But her married name was Praise the Hall. Win. Gotcha. I like, okay. I like, I just like how throughout your whole life you've been surrounded by so many Yeah, you really. So like, like and everybody's connected. Like, yeah, everybody's right. connected with each other somehow. Very it's good. Good scene. Yeah. Well, let, me, let, me, let me share something that Chuck D said. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, and I didn't mention the fact that, uh, like I said, I had a talent show. Um, in the talent show, a young. There was a, a couple of comedians that I that I had MC the talent show that I managed, and one guy's name is Mitchell Kaiser. And you may not know his name, uh, but that? the other guy who was his partner was a guy that's getting ready to come out with a movie called Coming to America Two. Coming to America <laughs> Two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now nah, they yes, from home. Um, yes, they they're from Roosevelt. Uh, that's a yeah, fact. Yeah, I knew that. Yep. Um, Eddie Murphy and his brother Charlie Murphy. They grew right. like when they left Brooklyn. They came to Roosevelt. Absolutely. Same, like same like you. Yep. Left Brooklyn came to Roosevelt. And, and that was his first manager. Facts. Okay. Fact. You was his first manager. Absolutely. Wow. He's the goat. He's the goat right here. He's the OG. I told you. This is the OG. He was there. For from the beginning right? okay. and you know it's funny because yeah. some people may say oh yeah right whatever mm -hmm. you know Howard Stern says the same thing because mm -hmm. when Howard Stern called me on the phone he put me on the air <clears throat> he said and, I, and he asked me well listen so what have you been doing since high school I said well you never believe this but you know I was Eddie Murphy's first manager he said mm. get out of here you know you probably gave him two words of advice this is when um, he was on SNL or Saturday Night Live or, I mean <laughs> at, I mean was he already on TV on SNL or Coming to America already came out you talking about time? when I was working with Eddie yeah yeah when you was working with Eddie mm -hmm. what was no he was 16 he was young he was oh he was young, young. Okay, okay, okay. but he was always had that comedy and he always, always said that by the time he reaches 19 he'd be a household name gotcha man he also he made always some music too Yes, he did. Party all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, but nevertheless. So, um, anyway, so, you know, something, so I was mentioning Eddie Murphy, but something that Chuck D said that was very important, mm -hmm. you know, because you talked about growing in, in, in Long Island, Strong Island, we call it now, mm -hmm. uh, and being ridiculed by the people from the city. Mm -hmm. And that's true, but, you know, he said, in the 70s, okay, Julius Irving was the number one uh, um, uh, basketball player, right? And he came from Roosevelt, mm -hmm. okay? Then you had um, Eddie Murphy was the number one comedian, and he came from Roosevelt. Howard Stern became the number one shock jock. He came from Roosevelt. Uh, and then Public Enemy 
who are now in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one, and they came from Roosevelt. So one thing in common, not just the fact that these people came from Roosevelt, or even the people that came from uh, other parts, like Vince Markey. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's from like, Suffolk. Uh, they from Suffolk. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. EPMD and so mm-hmm. forth and so on. Every one of them was a game changer. Yes. They, they weren't just a DJ or whatever field they were in. Yeah. Dr. J, he changed the NBA, literally, mm-hmm. because he was in the ABA, which is American Ball uh, Basketball Association, at the time. Do it again, do it again. And they had the freedom to do whatever they wanted. The NBA was very restricted. So what happened was he would do some very outstanding moves, moves mm-hmm. that hadn't been seen before or whatever. And so when he did these jump shots and this and the other, boom, boom, and the ABA eventually, you know, fell apart after Julius got traded to Philly, um, and they merged with the NBA. Now the NBA had to mm-hmm. had to um, continue. Had to be more free, mm-hmm. and then, therefore you could get a Michael Jordan or LeBron James, or whatever, Mm. you know, because these were game changers, you know what I'm saying, they game change, you know, again, you know, Karras won, as long as he was with uh, uh, Scott LaRock, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, he was, you know, um, he was talking about South Bronx, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. but when Public Enemy came out, it became a different game, Mm -hmm. and now Karras won, became a different person, you know what I'm saying? Not that he wasn't talented or anything like that, but that's when he became strong. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And we find that in all these other examples of yep. people that came out. Yes. That the strong island. I mean, come on, Rakim. Who could? Who was like yeah. Rakim? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. The God MC. The God MC. You know what I'm saying? So they changed the game, and that's see. So we can never let people Down. sleep on yes, it. That's we can't. We can't, yo. And, and I'm not gonna lie. I, I basically had to take it on my back because growing up, yo, my older, yo, we, my older brothers, like, we was like, like one of the first in our family to move to Long Island. Like, my yeah. whole family's from the boroughs. Like, yeah, everybody's okay. from the boroughs. So, mm-hmm. like, we used, when we moved out of Queens, yo, my older brothers used to tease us. Oh, y'all the little bald yeah, kids. Yeah. Oh, y'all the little long. And I'm yeah. like, yo, it, it, it's regular, like, cause they people always got the misconception, like everybody in Long Island's rich. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's, that's not, not true. That's not, that's not it's, it's so, and I grew and getting older now, I realized how segregated it was. Even while going us going to high school, like, yeah, bro, cause I'm like, yo, we lived, we live in North Boulder. North Boulder is like closer to Hempstead, Roosevelt, Freeport. Okay. So it was like a mixture. It's regular middle class, but. Certain shit, like certain things happen here and there, you know what I mean? So we always got tea, and we and I always had that chip on my shoulder, like, yo, yo, That's everybody so always, yeah. yeah, like they always try to make us feel bad for coming out of Long Island, oh, like yeah, yeah. we, they, they, so we always had to, you coming out of Long, you always have to have that sense of, like you said, hunger because you're always getting slept on, That's you're right. always getting overlooked. So we, oh, when we, and then when we do make it, we make such an imprint. Right, and, and you know it's funny because you, you being in Bowen, mm-hmm. when I came up, there were no blacks in Bowen. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, Bowen, and even Howard Stern said, Bowen, are you kidding? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's so, what I'm saying. You know, so it, you know, but you know, things evolved, times changed. But the the point I made was that no matter what people say about us, 
the positive imprint that we made, the impact we had. Even if you were talking about Jim Brown. Jim mm-hmm. Brown came out of Long Island and he was a game changer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Mariah Carey came out of Long Island. Mariah Carey, she is. I mean, even if you want to talk about Billy Joel or other people like yes, that. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? They came yes. out of Long Island. And um, Dee Snyder from uh, Twisted okay. Sister. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, right. He's from Baltimore. He's actually from Baltimore. Right, right. Yeah. You know? Uh, there, there's so many people, you know, that uh, you know, we, we we definitely made our mark and impression. So you know, people can't tell us anything. You know, what I'm saying, uh, guy is uh, Aaron Hall. And, oh, and Aaron Hall. Aaron He's from Roosevelt. He's from Roosevelt. Wow, wow. with Teddy Riley and all of them. Right. And, wow. And, and, uh, another wow. guy. Crazy. I was I was close, but his name is Gabriel Cassius, mm-hmm. and he was in Get on the Bus. He was in Black Hawk Down. He was in New Jersey Drive. Uh, and that's my movie. He, right there, he, he wrote. Drive. A movie called Takers. Takers? Oh, with T.I. and all them? That's yeah, right. Yeah, he yeah. wrote that movie. Yeah. Uh, he wrote that Wow. See what I'm saying? Damn, yo. Long <laughs> yo, you're putting, honestly, yo, you're putting us on yeah, Long really major. Because there's a lot of stuff I didn't even know. Uh, you're and, putting me on to lots of And, and again, know. I'm not putting Freeport down. Or Freeport has some things. Nah, yeah, Freeport. Freeport. Yeah, that, Freeport yeah. But, you know, Freeport basically had been on the low. Because when you read the biographies of people, the famous people that came out of Freeport, you'll hear they say, oh, he's from Long Island. And that's all they say. Wow. Yeah, they won't say I'm from Freeport, Long Island. Mm. You know, now I guess since you know, I kind of put them on the on, on the spotlight. You know, you may say it a little bit more, but uh, yeah, uh, there's definitely some people that mm-hmm. came out of Hempstead, came out of uh, uh, you know, like I said, Shirley. Nah, Jackson, definitely Method Man, whatever. Uh, 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 um, you know, and I feel like right now, I feel like the youngins like. Definitely like the the new generation right now, like the kids who are doing stuff, like who are making music, the new kids who are making music right now, um, you know, doing their stuff, doing their thing. They're really, I, I feel like now, like, is really trying to, like, make a sense and, like, put, like, bring Long Island back. Because I feel like after those, I feel like after those guys, like, you know, the Method Man's and all those people that came out, you know, during the 90s and 80s and stuff, like, for a while... It slowed down, so now yeah, I feel like it's slow. Yeah. Like yeah, slow is a lot of talent out here. A lot of talent out here. Definitely. What does he? Mm-hmm. Besides music-wise, just every uh, I know a lot of young people that are doing something out mm-hmm. here. Like whether mm-hmm. it be business, mm-hmm. art, you know, just mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. So it's I feel like now, yeah, I feel oh, like it's it's a new a new generation, new wave got to come out of Long Island because I haven't seen nobody really come out and really pop and or or even if they did pop. They didn't even rep Long Island like that. They, they there's still some people, some don't people want a jacket, I, you know yeah, there's still some people don't want a jacket. Yeah, but I, I, I'm proud of it. I, of course, I can't forget Queens, but it's like, yo, Long Island kind of made me. It kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? So, yo, uh, talking back to about the um the next the next generation, um, mm-hmm. do you have hope in the direction of them? Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. As a matter of fact, that's one of the things that uh, you know, you just have to know um how to speak to people, you know. And uh, like I said, I started when I was a youth. I was 16. Mm-hmm. I started working with other youth. And I've been doing so ever since. As a matter of fact, how I was able to work with Eddie Murphy and, and uh, some, get some of the attention I get at the uh, youth center was because of the fact that I would go to Eddie Murphy's classes with him. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would look so young at the time. Yeah. Nobody knew I wasn't. I graduated. Yeah, 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 yeah. You still could look like you was a teenager. Right. Yeah. Um, but one of the things we have to remember about young people is, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people my age and, 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 you know, that era, we think, ah, oh, they don't know. They didn't go through nothing and stuff like that. Listen, let me just tell you something. Yeah, there's a disconnect. Okay? There's a disconnect let me tell you something. Sean Bell, they went through that. Uh, 
Javon Martin, Oscar Grant, Michael Brown, Eric Garner, Khalid Browder, mm-hmm. George Floyd, yeah. Breonna Taylor, you know, um, Nipsey Hussle, yes. Chadwick Bozeman, yes, you know, um, they helped elect Barack Obama and Biden. Okay, you had the Black Panther movie come out during that time. Hidden Figures come out. They went through the Million May March or the twentieth anniversary of the Million May March. You had the uh, the Million Women's March in two thousand seventeen. They went through the whole, you know, incident with Donald Trump. I mean, you had to be affected by that, especially with <laughs> yeah, 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 capital yeah. and stuff like That's that. Fact, yeah. So you know, you like, and they, they're going through. Yeah, you know, racism right up front. You can't. You maybe you didn't go through the Vietnam. You didn't go through the you know the original Black Panthers yeah. movement or whatever. But the, here's the movie right here. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, I had Central Park Five. That movie. Came yeah. out for them to observe. Talking Detroit. about something from the eighties, right? To right, now. Yeah. right. You had the Green Book. You had Detroit. You had the Hate You Give. Even Who Killed Malcolm X. Yes, people, and I love that. I personally, that was my favorite. Right. I was in love with Malcolm. They, that, yo, that made me. I'm not gonna lie. That made me obsessed with Malcolm X and how important his life story was. It that that was a good one. And really of course, really Spike one. Lee's movie. Yes, you know, uh, you know, know the, the Bloods. Oh, you talking well, about? Well, no, the, even the Malcolm X movie. Oh, the Malcolm X. Yeah, yeah, yeah I still yeah, need to different. watch that. I still right. need to watch you that. Yeah, America now, American Skin, mm-hmm. Queen and Slim. You have all this Queen stuff. Slim, you know, I um, watch that. I Queen and Slim was my movie. Fruitvale Station, and now of course, yeah, Michael B. That made his career. Right, Michael B. Jordan, Judas and the Black Messiah is now. Yes, I just watched that. Yo, that movie's ill. That movie. Movie's ill. Movie's movie. Ill. So now, movie. keeping in mind all of this, and then coming up in the era, you know, I mean, we can say, okay, now we're in 2021, but in 2020, so many people have died. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that we don't realize because there's an expression: the creator has a master plan. When people die, okay, as sad as it might be, it's also a good thing in the sense of the fact that you get an opportunity. For maybe you never heard of John Lewis, maybe you never heard of Cicely Tyson, yeah. maybe you never heard of David Dinkins or whoever it is, mm. but now you get their whole life yeah. history in one shot. Yep. You know? Yeah. And now you're like, oh wow, I didn't know this person. You know what I'm saying? So now you like you 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 know, you so now you're just as up on that individual. Even when Michael Jackson died, yeah. There were some people that only knew the Michael Jackson after he changes skin color, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but we, we remember, we remember original Michael. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the we love, love yeah, original Michael. Yeah. But you know, but even in that, even in that, let's look at Michael Jackson from. Uh, they don't really care about us. Yes. And yes. let's look about remember the time because see one thing people could say whatever they want to say about his oh, skin yeah. change and everything. But when he did remember the time, there was no question this man. Recognize his, he was his, conscious. He his was history, conscious about it. He and was. not only did he recognize his history when he did that video, but he included Eddie Murphy to play the Black Pharaoh. Yeah. Right, he did. I remember, he, that. He, I remember that. He included Iman. He included yeah. uh, um, um, uh, oh, um, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. That's yeah, what he was, was, in, yeah, he was in the video. He included, so, so this conscious like when Beyonce did her video when yeah, the Lion King, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and, and you know. You know this consciousness. You know uh, the move that uh, LeBron James did in, in his basketball career. You know when he first left Ohio. I mean that was like you know so Black Lives Matter. So you cannot tell me that this generation has not been affected 
by these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just that they have to be reminded. Yes, we do. Yes. And they have to be directed in a positive manner. Yes. Because you know, I don't sleep on them. And mm-hmm. and, and now also we, we we are in the in the um age of technology, the age of YouTube. Somebody may say, yeah, listen, yeah, a lot I, of resources. I, I, listen, I, I you know, listen, I, I I you know, I'm not really, you know, uh, into Beyonce, I'm not, not to, and and they go, go YouTube, and they're like now they have a bunch of young people who are now commentating into and listening for the first time to let's say the Temptations mm. or or James Brown yeah. or doing the history, right? They're doing, the, they're doing the history. They're going back in time, so it's it's a matter of choice. There's nothing that you can't get on 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 social media that you can't Google yeah. that you can't you know. So you can say, hey, listen, I don't want to hear that. But listen, I love this, man. This is serious. And it may be something inspiring. Maybe you say, ah, oh, man, this music is not saying nothing. But boy, when they came out with Say It Loud and Black and Proud, or Ain't No Stopping Us Now, or, you know, I was feeling that. And I feel like, I feel like it's really important because, like I was saying before, it's, right now, I feel like it's it's a disconnect right now, and we need to bridge the gap between the the elders and the youth yeah. because I feel like for the youth need to realize and they need to understand that if you don't know your history, it repeats itself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need to stop slacking on that and remember the importance and be and don't take for granted all the blood, sweat, and tears that people That's what put I was saying, yep. before us, our ancestors, uh-huh. because like. It's for real, like my like my mom, like she she like she always was like that growing up. Like she mm-hmm. always told us, like like I remember when I was talking, like when I was talking like this election, I was like, yo, I don't know if I'm about to vote. Yeah, she was election hard. looking crazy. Even <laughs> these last eight, hard. these past eight years, I mean, well, the last election, 2016, and this election, yeah, she was like, you gotta vote Cause you because you know what, you know what, it's we died. Yeah, yes, that's we what I'm saying. Died. We forget sometimes. Yeah, we forget the history that blacks have fought for us and for, know, everything. for everything. So for us, not to you have the God given right, and you're not even gonna take the duty that you know these people fought for is like a spit in the face yeah. to everybody. Mm-hmm. So it is. we gotta what the youth has yep. to take a time to like learn their history. I feel like that's a major important because me. I'm, I always been like, but I, I, I thank God that I was, I'm one of those young people that um, are open to that, that love history. So uh, I feel like it's very important. Well, let me, um, let me quote this. This is one of my favorite songs and, um, you know, during Black History Month, I definitely cited it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's by, uh, it's by a group called The Main Ingredient, mm-hmm. which uh, Cuba Gooding Sr. became a member. But this was uh, the last song by the original lead singer and who wrote it. And just before he died, mm-hmm. uh, his name is Donald McPherson, and uh, it's called Black Seeds Keep On Growing. And I think this is very relevant to what it said, you know, and this is my national anthem. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. No no disrespect to every voice and sing or anything else. Mm. <laughs> but it, says, it starts up and says, speak drums, tell the real story. For the people who were condemned in slavery time, their brothers and sisters for being ignorant. Listen to the story the drums tell. They say, you black man. Should love those brothers and sisters even in death because their valiant struggle for life made you what you are today. Mm. So keep on growing for them in mind, in body, and in soul. And then it proceeds to say how the seed was planted in a big, uncultured land planted by a black, uncultured man. No one gave much thought to the black seed and no one seemed to care about its need. Uh, Without water, the seed just couldn't last for long, so it fooled everyone and it grew up big and strong. But it grew in soil that was so unfit to grow. 
still that black seed continues to grow. Because black seeds keep on growing, keep on growing, keep on growing. You know, and uh, you know, on and on. Um, you plant so close together, they can hardly breed. Exposed to the weather, it's hard to believe how a little black seed can stand up against the pressure and come out smelling sweet and looking fresher. Mm. You know, so Balls. I always think Balls. about that. I always think about because again, this was his last message, yeah. so that's even more important. Yeah. But you know, that we have to make that we have to build that bridge over that troubled border, and we have to reach out as as as, as one generation to the to the next. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so hand. much we could we could we could learn from each other, and we have yes. to respect. You know, because you know things you don't understand, you can put in context. Things you don't know, like even that little thing I said about. Mm-hmm. When I introduced my name and, 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 and said how I kept the name Ujima because it had this African roots, but at the same time, I wanted to have the Muslim roots and show that they were one people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I spoke about how the first Arab was an African named Yarab. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's so many things. You know, now imagine the richest man in the history of the world, according to what they say, was a was Mansa Musa. He yes. was an African Muslim. Yeah, I mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, he, he, uh, yeah, he was, he was, oh, he was Islamic. His empire absolutely. Was Islamic. Absolutely. Islamic. Matter of okay. fact, okay. his story has everything to do with the story of this country mm-hmm. because of the fact that um, he made Hajj. I just wanted to, you know, just share a little, a little bit Please. about that because this Please. is what, this is how we know about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me just see this here. Okay. Let me preface it with this first. Let mm-hmm. me say this. Okay, we'll get to the Mansa Musa. Um, seven. Now these are two dates. I'm give you a little history lesson. Mm-hmm. Two dates that I know there's nobody listening that's not going to forget these two dates. Mm-hmm. Okay, seven eleven and fourteen ninety two. If you forget seven eleven and fourteen ninety two, something wrong with you. Brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Now in seven eleven of the uh, Christian era, the African Muslims who were recorded in history as the Moors, established an Islamic empire in Spain, Portugal, Sicily, and the southern part of France. That was the last until 1492. The Moors laid the foundation of civilization in Europe, established the silk industry in Spain, inspired the Renaissance, prevented the Greek classics from being lost in history by translating them into Arabic, made countless advances in mathematics and science, including algebra and trigonometry, animal care, Hydraulic engineering. They introduced bathing. Let me say that again. They introduced bathing to Europe. Was <laughs> it a black plague? <laughs> okay. No, no. And listen, this is a little side note. If you have parents that, particularly, you know, fathers, or whatever, that participated in World War II, mm-hmm. and they went over to Europe, they will tell you, and I'm not exaggerating, that. Those people know about bathing, and they would defecate out the window. Oh, oh God. Damn. Right. Oh, I mean, when you think about the togas, and I learned this in investigating history of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. the togas were just, uh, those people were so filthy that they would walk down the street and defecate. And the togas were just something they wrapped around themselves, and they would be talking and defecating at the same time they were going. This is how they were. Oh, but man. The, the, these black people, who were also Muslim, and both are equally important, Okay. Um, introduced bathing to them, as well as street lights and paved streets, mm. and they established over 17 universities oh. and over 70 libraries at a time that Christian Europe was 99% illiterate. Mm. So now, mm, 
So tell us what savages again. <laughs> That's a fact. Who are the real savages? Right. right? And who are the real civilizers? Oh, mm. Come on now. There's no way in the world you can say head. we're shiftless and lazy when you went millions and millions of miles away to go get us. Yeah. And do all your dirty work. Mm-hmm. Even clean up after your children. Mm-hmm. That's some shit. <laughs> While you sat in the big mansion. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And cracked the whip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who who is the shiftless lazy? You yep. Know? You know? But now, going back to Mansa Musa, because this is important also. Okay. Um, in thir- 1324, okay, uh, Mansa Musa, who ruled the Mali Empire mm-hmm. from 1312 to 1337, led a caravan of 72,000 people, a distance of 6,496 miles, across the Sahara Desert to perform the pilgrimage to Mecca, where they hired what we call sheikhs or Islamic scholars, to come to Africa and teach their people Islam. Mm. Along the way, they built mosques and schools. They organized Egypt's economic relations and foreign affairs and changed the economy of every country they reached. Mm. Changed the economy of every country they reached. Now, they showed their gratitude to the Arabs by giving them some of the gold they had carried with them to establish their government. And on that pilgrimage, he was asked by Ibn Amir Hajib how he ascended to power. He then replied that he succeeded his brother, Abu Bakr II, who ruled from 1307 to 1311 and left in 1311 for what we now call America. Mm. With 2,000 man ships and 2,000 ships of supplies, water, and gold. Mansa Musa. His was, brother. His brother was. So his brother went to America before Mansa. Oh. His brother went to America and. Left Mansa to rule in his place. Okay. Oh, okay. Got, oh, that's how he Mansa Musa came into power. He said, if he did not return after a year, it's yours. Right, there you go. Gotcha. Okay. Mansa's wealth and popularity, even as far as Europe, eventually led to the European decision, I personally believe, to enslave our people so they, they can get their hands on Africa's riches. Hmm. Now, let me just say one other thing. Now, he is recording the history, and I'm not saying that Solomon, or Suleiman as we call him, wasn't as rich or richer, but Mansa Musa was definitely one of the richest people in the history of the planet. Let's compare what he did with his wealth and his riches with what another rich person, by the name of Donald Trump, uh, (laughs) did with his wealth and riches. Okay? And now we see the difference between character And and, 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 and and positive interaction mm-hmm. with people, community responsibility. Mm-hmm. Because this man had all that wealth. Man, he could have, you know, t- you're talking about stimulus packages. Man, we could have had stimulus packages, you know, without a pandemic. Yeah, that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? And, and he, he, when he addressed and made that statement, black people, you should vote for me, what do you got to lose? We should have been getting something then. We shouldn't have to talk about reparations. He was like, yo, no good thing. Get that out of the way. Okay, next. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Senior citizens shouldn't have to be worrying about, you know, or, or, or ex-military people, you know, veterans, or other people because he, but he had no sense of accountability mm-hmm. except to himself and those people who were loyal to him, which, of course, we know in the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he jerked them anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But Mansa Musa, let's look at him. Look at what he did. He spread his wealth amongst the people, so much so that in every country that he went in, they changed the economy. 
Mm. Now imagine you living in a Harlem, you living in a Bed-Stuy, you living in Roosevelt, whatever. You living in Watts, you living wherever, and somebody um, wealthy like an Oprah or whatever, you know what I'm saying, got that mm -hmm. kind of money, says, you know, comes through and says, yeah, here, you know, just like she could do with the cars and stuff like that. Yeah. She said, here. And she changed the economy of Watts or Detroit or Chicago or, you know, Newark or mm -hmm. any of these places that we're talking that. about. You know what I'm saying? This is how we have to do it. And this is why history is so important. We have to have those kind of examples, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, it's so that we know. And I'm not saying we don't have black people who do that. I mentioned mm -hmm. Julius and what he, he gave back to Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. And he equally came from Hempstead and he's given back to Hempstead as well. You know what I'm saying? We talked about Jim Brown coming from Long Island and look at what he did. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 of course, alone is <laughs> powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, he did more than that. And you know, those who saw the 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 the, the night in Miami, mm. which is another movie. Oh, I gotta watch that. Yeah. Okay, with Jim Brown and Sam Cooke yeah. and Muhammad Ali. Mm. You know. And uh, who was the other person? And Ma uh, Malcolm, Malcolm X. Malcolm, Malcolm X. X. Yeah. They had gotten together. You know what I'm saying? This and this is again an example of unity. But this is, they had made a commitment. You know what I'm saying? But we also have to know that we have to have enough values and principles not to let anything stand in our way. Because uh, within that year of that meeting, Sam Cooke was gone. Malcolm X was gone. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? But wow. Muhammad Ali. He stood firm mm -hmm. and he stood up against at the time that it was not popular to go against the war effort he was like no i ain't doing that yeah. <laughs> i got values and principles that supersede what you're talking about mm -hmm. you understand what i'm saying you know and uh you know, people still listen to sam cook's changes gonna come yep but a lot of people don't know that he recorded that from Malcolm and, Malcolm and put him on. He, he recorded that and the record company did not want to release it wow. mm -hmm. and they only released it after he died Mm. Wow. I heard and I heard like that's why I brought up Malcolm just now because uh -huh. I heard that's where he got like change is gonna come because he was having a conversation with Malcolm. Malcolm said that phrase mm -hmm. and that inspired him to make that track. Am I well that am I, I wrong? You know, I I would have to ask Jim Brown about that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I, I can say that, you know, that unity. Now you look at Muhammad Ali in the meeting that they had with Jim Brown and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm -hmm. and uh, you know other sports figures, and how that that influential that was, and then later on we see that with LeBron, you know what I'm saying, and and you know all the people that with Colin Ferguson, I mean not Ferguson, excuse me, Kaepernick, Kaepernick, uh, yeah, you know Kaepernick. who stood up, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. again that's another example of you know we talk about yeah, young people this generation, era, yeah. you know look at this is this is the stand they took, you know when we talk about Black Lives Matter, we talk about Michael Brown. Let me say this. You would know nothing about Michael Brown if it hadn't been for the young people that lived in Moore. Because that was their movement. And there were no older people involved in it. Huh. So they let it be known. So I, in terms of having faith, of course I have faith in them. You know, I was a young person. And all you need is direction. You know, and I'm just to say one thing about social media. Okay. I mean, it was nice of you to say the things that you said about me, and I mm -hmm. appreciate them. You know, I have a, a young brother that was like my protege, and he asked me to um, friend a friend of his. They happened to be from uh, Union, which is, you know, close to, this is where mm -hmm. Buster Rhymes came from, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha, right. gotcha. Okay. Um, so I went and looked at his page, and it was like... Hold on one second. Sure, no problem. There you go. 
Okay, so you know it's, it's important to um, you know reach out to young people, and and they have that connection. You know what I'm saying because of the fact that you have something that they need, and they have something that you need, mm-hmm. and, and you can only grow like that. You know what I'm saying? We have to know that it's not, uh, you know, that you have to have men. One of the things, if you're going to, so you could, uh, you know, when Black History Month comes, it's usually always the same people. Ah, we're talking about Harry Tubman, Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King, Mm -hmm. Rosa Parks, Malcolm X, you know. Like, that's the only people that ever mattered. And Mm -hmm. I'm not putting them down at all. I'm saying there's so many more people, so much more, you know. And I was getting ready to say, you know, let me get back to what I just mm-hmm. said, but I wanted to finish that point. That uh, the friend of mine, he asked me to, you know, friend this person on Facebook. And I went to his page and I saw all this negativity, negativity and, you know, stuff like I really couldn't relate to. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, you sure you want me to friend this person? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yeah, 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 yeah. I want you to, I think you're going to have a positive input. So I, so I inboxed him and I said, listen, <laughs> so-and-so asked me to friend you. I said, but I'm gonna tell you right now, <laughs> you are not gonna mess with my reputation. I'm not with that negativity and this, that, and the other, boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay? So, you know, you like, you don't have to get your program together. Uh, and you know what? Next time I look at this page, he has none of that. And, and he has not had any of that ever since. Mm-hmm. So, don't ever think that you can't influence somebody, don't ever think that you can't impact that person. You know what I'm saying? Don't ever give up on your people because. Somebody didn't give up on you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Somebody implanted. And even, and, and we'll go back to, you know, the era which I grew up in, which our, our elders were, were recognized and respected, and we wouldn't dare cross and <laughs> say the wrong thing around mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. or what have you, is that when I say elders, I'm not even just talking about respectable people, because of course we have respectable people. But back then, you could have a drunk on a, on a step. Okay, drunk as I don't know what, and he call you and say, "Come here, young man." And you like, "Yes, uh, sir." Yes, sir. <laughs> and he said, "Listen, don't you ever turn out like me." See, that's real. He'll tell you as he's drunk himself, "Don't be like me." Right. <laughs> and you be like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> <laughs> So, so we want to get. I want to. We we get into the last leg. Okay. Of the of the episode. So I want to finish off the episode with like a few like you know questions that can um you know that can like help the young people. Okay. So tell us like what are some life lessons or some like you know some game some mm-hmm. jewels oh, yeah, that you yeah, can yeah. give to the listeners that will help them like for the youngins like we really do this for, for like the, the new ones. generation. What is something that you can um, tell them that can help them? Okay, well, let me let me first start off with the first word that we revealed of the Quran. Because I read a book and it said that this word, the first word that revealed of the Quran revolutionized Africa. Mm. Okay? So, uh, um, and this word was read. Every Muslim knows this first word, Ikra. First word revealed of the Quran, read. Read in the name of our Lord who created you. Um... From uh, uh, um, a, 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 a sperm drop, you know, by use of the pen. Taught men and taught men by the use of the pen. Mm-hmm. So reading is very important, and it's not just reading to be reading. You know what I'm saying? You be reading a book or who's making love to your old lady while you was out making love. <laughs> <laughs> 
or some yeah. other 60s, 70s song yeah. uh, similar. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Uh, that's, uh, uh, to me, that's not reading. <laughs> you know, no, learn learn your you know basic skills, man, and learn and, and dig, dig deeper. Don't ever think that you know it all and don't ever think, okay, well, listen, okay, yeah, he's Muslim, he's this, he's that, he's that. I, I, I got what I got and I don't need to know nothing about it. No. Because you need to interact with that person, whether that person, whether you with their program or not with their program, learn their program. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, I mean, you'd be surprised how many Hispanics that I, I run across. And because I can say a few words, you know, uh, in, in Spanish, that they have a different respect for me. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a different feeling for me. You know, and sending me the colagusta. You know, que pasa, amiga. You know, and, and so forth and so on. I mean, why should we restrict ourselves? To, oh, I'm not learning that. They came to this country. Yeah. Let them learn yeah, our language. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Nah, Listen, man, nah. we, we all one people, man. The whole purpose of mm-hmm. history is for us to have better relations and better understanding with the next man mm-hmm. from whatever culture or part of the world that he or she comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the real purpose of history. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, it's a shame that in this country, unfortunately, we don't learn history accurately. Everything is from a Eurocentric uh, uh, perspective. Because yeah. and, and, and even to say America, how dare this United States call itself America? Exclusively, when Canada is part of America, Mexico is part of America, mm-hmm. South America, Central America, these are all parts of America. You know what I'm saying? But we don't learn anything about them except in their relationship to the United States. Yeah, whatever I mean, they you know, use them for, and then yeah, the oil, right. all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and do, and do you know that most of the uh, uh, great moves in hockey came from black people? In Canada, we created hockey. Right, that that, that actually came from America, and they went to Canada. Canada, uh, Scotia Nova, yeah, 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 right. And there are movies and books on that. I Mm -hmm. have all of them. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we need to learn as much as we can, and don't think, you know, ah, man, that's boring. I don't want. Listen, you know, I used to have an expression: if nothing, if nothing is happening, make something happen. Mm, You know what I'm saying? Big facts. And. that's how we have to be. You know, when you go to the school, now, of course, now you have everything on, you know, a lot of things online. You don't have the social interaction, but that's even better because as the person gives you an assignment, boom, 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 mm-hmm. then you could be Googling and say, okay, now what's, what about, what's up with this Columbus dude? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Shakespeare. Okay, you know what? That's just like, uh, you know, Biggie made this song mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was kicking. I got you. I got you. I got you know you. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mix it up. You know what I'm saying? Don't just think that he, this instructor you have has all the answers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, challenge that. Yeah, thing. you got to question everything. Question, That's my yeah, principle, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Question, yo, right. Eat, yo, whatever somebody tells you, you mm-hmm. go research whatever mm-hmm. they tell you. Make it. Whatever you got to do that. That's you, a fact. Whatever you see on YouTube, whatever you watch, everything. yeah, you got to question everything. That's look, a fact. Look, look for the evidence and look for the proof. We have unlimited mm-hmm. resources right now, and that's how. And that's how these famous philosophers get known because they keep questioning everything. Keep now, questioning everything. Now, I also wanted to ask you a, a mm-hmm. question. I, I actually like. Okay. Um, what change do you see in yourself compared to the last ten years? Oh Ten goodness. or five years? You can give me. Uh, well, you know, in a sense, that's an easy question, even though I really didn't think about it. But um, and and that's growth and development. You know, one of the things I learned, and I have one of the, to me, one of the best teachers that I could possibly have. You know, and I've had in the past, you know, um, one was called Shake Off for Him, Job, 
Rahim Allah. He, he was from Africa. He was from the Gambia. And he was the nephew of Sheikh Abdul Diop. And uh, he really opened, you know, my mind and my, my current teacher, Imam Dawood, Ramadan. Um, one of the things he taught us, because Islam is so vast and, you know, like it's constantly learning, okay? One of the things about the Creator, and we cannot ever take the Creator out of the equation because we're here because of Him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He is the reason why we breathe every day. There's no one on the face of this planet that should not not be grateful for surviving 2020. <laughs> you know, if you want to put it, surviving Donald Trump, I don't care how you put it. You know what I'm saying? You survived 2020. <laughs> you got your health. You breathe. That's a big milestone. You know what I'm saying? And that's due to the Creator, the mm -hmm. same one that brings the snow down, or the or the or the, the, the rain down, or withholds the rain or the snow, or what have you. But one of the things you'll learn about him, the Creator, is he is uh, one of his, his favorite name. Okay, he has many names. Like I said, he's the All Seeing, the All Hearing, the All Knowing. All of that. Okay, is he is our Rub, and that's spelled R E B B. Rub. And Rub means the creator, the nourisher, the, the Lord, the nourisher, sustainer. The one who nourishes and sustains his creation in such a way so as to provide them with the things they need to grow and to develop on their own. Now, I'm going to say that one more time. Please. Because <laughs> I'm awful. All please. right? He's our Rub, our Lord, nourisher, sustainer. The one who nourishes and sustains the creation in such a way so as to provide them with the things that they need to grow and to develop on their own. Mm -hmm. Now, why is that important to understand? Because of the fact that, see, the philosophers will tell you which came first, the chicken or the egg. They waste your time with that nonsense. <laughs> okay? When in reality, we find in that definition of who, who created us mm -hmm. that we are intended to grow and develop. We, we are nothing unless we grow and develop. If we're not growing, we're not developing, mm -hmm. we have not done our job. Yeah. Not at all. We yeah. are wasted space. Wasted. <laughs> you know what Yo, I'm saying? You're either building or destroying. Yes. Either so, so that's important. And he nourishes and sustains us because we can't do it all. I mean, you know, we all of us have needs. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? We need the air. We need the water. We need, uh, uh, you know... You know, get certain age you have a need for, <laughs> you know, you know what, and uh, you know other things. You need food, you need, mm -hmm. uh, you know, shelter. You need all these different things. So we need it, and there's no way we can deny the existence of the Creator because of the fact that you know there are things beyond our search. Just like even something that people missed, and I just learned this, you know, um, yesterday, Friday, <laughs> mm -hmm. and 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 that is that one of the messages of of, of Jesus is so important as well as his mother, you know, was the fact that it, it was a sign that there is a creator and that, because the things associated with them, a woman being a virgin, mm. not have, I mean, and having a child, you understand what I'm saying? Mm. Or a child coming into being without a physical father is a manifestation that there's more to this, you know, than what, a human being could it has to be something beyond that something greater than ourselves mm. you understand what i'm saying because we couldn't do that there's no way we can do that you know we could you know you know mary was great and all that but she couldn't do that by without the creator intervention into that situation mm. controlling that situation so we have to look at it like that and, and not worship that person but understand the sign that that person is to see 
who were worshiping. Like Bruce Lee has a famous expression mm -hmm. that he said, look at the, the see the finger as it points to the heaven, concentrate too heavily on the finger, and you will miss the glory of the whole heavenly creation. So there's a lot we can learn if we observe. You know, now you ask me how I've grown. I've grown with knowledge. I've grown with experience. I've grown by looking at how what I've done has affected other people. You know what I'm saying? Coming out of Roosevelt, one of the good things about social media, I've learned social media. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we have a site. We have a site called Roosevelt uh, High School Mental Mentors. And with some of the white people who grew up in Roosevelt, they are... Um, on that site, and they contribute heavily to that site as well as the black people. But there's an experience that they have, and knowledge that they have that we couldn't possibly have that they share with us. And coming up in the era that I did, it makes me a little bit more universal. So I'm able to relate to them in a way that may be different than if I'm just kicking it with my my brother over here, you know, or my sister over there. Mm -hmm. That you know that I can. Because there is a common denominator with us all. Mm -hmm. You know, just like we learn in, 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 in mathematics, there's the least common denominator. So what is the least common denominator in your relationship with this person? You know, and this is one of the things that I taught Eddie Murphy mm -hmm. when I was managing him. Because initially, of course, his audience was black, all black audience. So I said to him, I said, okay, well, listen, we got to do this thing in Hofstra. Now... Don't think that you can do the same thing you did at Roosevelt or, you know what I'm saying? You got to relate to a people that may not relate to certain things that you're talking about. Yeah. You have to be more universal. You have to learn how to deal with a, a, a greater crowd. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And again, same thing with when I had my DJ group and we call this Spectrum. You know what I'm saying? One day we had to do a, a party for the uh, black Republicans. They were Republicans and they were elderly. And so now I had to say, okay, well, how am I going to relate to these people? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We we learned to do the whole spectrum. We did jazz. We did uh, R&B. We did we did different things. You know, with different people. So you have we have to learn to be diverse. We have to learn to be. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 um, we have to, you know how to mm -hmm. be diplom diplomatic. I agree. We have to you know uh, we have to learn you know you 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 know some things you got to keep to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know you can't tell it all. We, you can't sell out, <laughs> cop yeah, out, yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying? And yeah. we have to, we have to, we as a people have always had certain values and principles. So I always share with people, you know, things like purpose, class, dignity, respect, honor, integrity, mm. manners, character, morals, conscious, standards, having substance, having fortitude, persevering. You understand what I'm saying? Because now we're in a very great age because a lot of times all right when we came up okay mary wilson from the supreme she just died okay now uh before she wrote a book it wasn't you didn't have many books on what these people went through yeah you just listen to their music and that was it mm -hmm. but now because she set the standard okay when she wrote her first book on her career with the supremes okay now you can find the story of this one that one this one that one this one that one and maybe you can Get some benefit from that knowledge. Learn mm -hmm. some of the things. Like she was when she signed with Motown, her parent, her mother couldn't read, so she couldn't mm -hmm. read it. All right, she couldn't understand the contract. They, she she didn't have rights to the Supremes because it said in in fine print, okay. And I get whatever name you the company gets whatever name you choose. You know what I'm saying? So now, mm -hmm. so now you should learn from that. That wait a minute, take that contract to a lawyer, and not mm -hmm. just any lawyer. 
a music lawyer, if you're dealing mm. with music, or if you're dealing with a landlord's landlord lawyer, whatever the area it is, it's that lawyer that covers that particular area. Mm-hmm. We should learn the lessons from these people. And again, that's how we need our elders. And you know, again, I'm just say this. Um, that in the era that I came up, we can't talk about Michael Jackson without pointing back to Diana Ross because that was an influence on him. You know, we can't talk about New Edition without talking about the Temptations yes, or Jackson yes, Five. Yes, you know, and, and you know, everything we, has an impact. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm saying you you can't talk about uh, 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 um, uh, Michael Jordan, you know, without talking about Julius. You know, so you have to go back to that previous generation and and get that connect and mm-hmm. plug in with that connect. You know, I mean, I remember the story Smokey Robinson told when he first played, when his group, Somewhere on the Miracles, first played the Apollo. And and they were like, they were raw. They were like, yo, you didn't know anything about being on stage or anything like that. And and Ray Charles, who, of course, we know is blind. And Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx did an excellent portrayal yeah, of him. Of course, you know. Um, took them and said, well, let me see your uh, notes. He said, I don't have any note sheet. You know, he didn't know how to read music or anything like that. I mean, he was fantastic, right? He wanted the best. Okay, I mean, just my girl alone is hands down. You know, like hey, come on. Yeah, Smokey Robinson. Yeah, he definitely is. So Ray Charles took him to the side, Mm -hmm. took the musicians, and said, "Okay, let me hear." So and broke down the whole song to the Mm -hmm. musicians, note by note. So when they performed, they they they, the act would be, um, you know. On today, and that's one of the things that we learned. Again, like I said, good and bad. Remember when I was talking about black and white? We used to have what we call the Chitlin Circuit, and you know, just standing. Yeah, I know that is. Yeah, I know that is. You know, where a group ten acts or whatever would appear together. You know, in in you know the you know, little small bars small, and stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. venues and stuff like that. Yeah, where you know, it's black, basically black people, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, now, and and the height was of course when they reached the Apollo Theater. Later on, at the next level, with the Motown era, you know, when you reach the Copa, you know, and, and Vegas, and so forth and so on. But at that time, it was the Apollo. Okay, so now, now you may say that's bad, you know, maybe the show was $2 to get in at that time, whatever. So they didn't get paid much, whatever. But here's something that they did have that you can't buy, okay? Because there were 12 acts or 10 acts or whatever it was on the same program, Let's say an elder person like a Miles Mabley or Pearl Bailey, whatever, took you to the side and said, listen, you know, when you do this, make sure you do this. Or why don't you try this? Or why don't you? And they got advice from people. Or they learned how to survive on the road. You know, they learned how to cook and how to stay together. And there was a camaraderie, even though, you know, there was some competition on the stage. But still at the same time, it was like, you know, you, you, you perfected your act. You perfected what you went into because you got that advice from the person from the previous generation. Mm-hmm. And so don't deprive yourself of that if you're a young person. And if you're an elder person, older person, don't deprive that young person of the opportunity to learn from you. Mm-hmm. Don't think, now I've seen some people make mistakes and we all make mistakes. We're all human and we have to understand that. We have to put the best instructor on things instead of doing the Wendy Williams National Enquirer group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. you, know? I get you. Um, but what I'm saying is, is, is that we have to help one another. You know what I'm saying? People, when they hear the definition of my name, the first thing they say is wow, you know, you actually lived that. Man. You yeah, lived I was just about to say, yeah, yeah, you do live that. You do live it. You picked that one right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, which is really funny because my first 
was given the last part of my name. I said, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> and then one day I thought about it. I was like, oh, you know what? That fits. You know what I'm saying? So, so I'm just saying, well, have a goal. You know, have some objectives. And you know, one thing, I'm going to share this. I watched this, this, this movie recently on black economic independence. Mm. Okay. And, um, and, and uh, one of the things, this young person, he was eight years old. And he yeah. said to his father, he said, um, he said, um, why don't you invest in some apartment buildings where you can get some um, extra rent money so you won't have to pay for my college when we get to that part. So I so and his father was like, Whoa! <laughs> you know, this guy mm -hmm. is this young and he's thinking like that. Thinking of Vance and that. But 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 let's look at it. Let's look at the fact that instead of ending up with all the student debt, if you have a extra you get some extra real estate or extra income from somewhere and it's just designated to pay for your child's education, he won't have to be in debt yeah. to the bank or Donald Trump or whoever. He won't have to. I might go a lot. I might go a lot because I remember when coming out of high school with me and Miles, and we looked at like you know our parents like, yo, what's mm -hmm. up? What the yeah, hell? when it came time for college, they didn't have no yo, money, bro. Bro, that hit me with some heat. Yeah, I was like, some I was kids, thinking yeah. about that for a lot, a lot, a while. I was like, damn, son. So what? You expect me to go get this loan, do this? Now I'm coming fresh no, I'm out of debt. I'm in debt. Yeah. I, you're already it, nowadays. Now you have that degree. It's already a struggle to get a job already because mm -hmm. you still got to be active, active and looking. So now mm -hmm. it's like you're not setting. You're not setting yourself up right. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Well, you know, again, I, I'm not gonna blame you, Perth. I'm not gonna blame anybody of that generation because it's the fact that there was that double standard. Mm -hmm. You know, when you were white, especially Jewish. That community got together, and at an early age, you was programmed, you was geared to become economically independent, and you were handed, you know, inherited wealth. Yeah. You know, understand what I'm saying? Nowadays, if somebody dies, let's say one of my parents, whatever, whatever, we got to struggle just to have the money to bury them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nevertheless, get money that you could pay for your college or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be taught and we have to learn. That's what I'm about to say, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, a guy by the name of Marcus Garvey, you know, tried to teach us and mm -hmm. later on Elijah Muhammad and, and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and some several other people. You know, I'm not going to say they're the only ones. But we have to learn uh, how to... You know, be economically independent and, and, and strive. You know, so that so we can have our own. You know, what I'm saying because yeah. that that's so so important. You know, I, again, I don't fault them because we didn't know that we weren't geared to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember my father, who who went to school. He, he in Manhattan. He went. To, I think he went to some uh, trade school. Um, I don't know if it was in the Bronx or whatever, but that's how the city is. You can mm -hmm. you know be in one borough and you go to school somewhere else. Yep, yep. And he learned architecture. Mm -hmm. And and he did very well in architecture, but then because of discrimination, they said, "Okay, all you blacks got to go to this school now." Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he yanked them out of that. You know, which is very similar to what happened because you mentioned, you know, going to trade school, okay, and the Boses, and I couldn't couldn't help but think, just like I said, we had a plan term at Roosevelt High School, but back then, all the schools they had metal shop, they had wood shop. They had electric shop. They had ceramic shop. They had auto shop in the schools. Mm -hmm. And it was only when they decided, well, you know what? Let's ship them out 
to this old white place called Bosey's <laughs> mm-hmm. and take it around our, our school where we have control over it and pay these white people to to teach us trade. Mm-hmm. And then we got to also pay for busing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, no, we had it and we didn't realize what we had. Mm-hmm. You know, just like when I went down south to, to Burial Brother, uh, um, at, at a place in the, down south that I had been, I spent three months uh, the year prior, Okay, I'm gonna conclude with this, and and, um, and I, you know, the first year I was in the white business district. Mm-hmm. This time I was in the black business district. It was dilapidated, boarded up, this, that, and the other. Boom, boom, boom. So I was like, "Yo, what happened?" And they told me integration. Mm. I said, "What do you mean integration?" They said, "Well, listen, when before uh, integration, you know, we all had our own building, our own businesses." And we supported those businesses because we couldn't go to his business. Okay? And we supported one another. He said, but once integration happened, we felt that Mr. Charlie's ice was colder than our ice. Mm. <laughs> but ice is ice. <laughs> mm. I've heard that. I heard that integration uh-huh. may have been kind of detrimental to uh the success of the black community. Well, Billy Holiday said it best. She said, "God bless the child who's got his own." Mm. Mm. Nah, I, I, I want me. So think. I wanna. <laughs> so I wanna. I wanna like. Yeah, I wanna like. End it here. Mm-hmm. But before we end it, I wanted you. I, I just want you to do this. Um, give us your upcoming. Um, what are your um? Because this is we're about to post this probably like. Uh, you know, probably like uh two weeks from now, two, 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 now, two three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So, give us so like yeah, giving um, plan. give us like you know, um, some uh some upcoming things like, and that's probably gonna happen in April. Let's say because we in February, so let's say what is some stuff. This is probably gonna get posted in March. You know, okay. so what is some stuff that happened late March and April that you have coming up? Uh, what are so many things that are going on? Actually, uh, let me just say this. I do have a program in March, but I think it's like March 11th. Mm-hmm. And it's a Black History Month program. And the reason why it's in March is because of the fact that, uh, you know, we wanted to send the message that, listen, Black History shouldn't be restricted just one month. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's number one. Now, on January 15th, we had, and, and by we, I mean the National Action Network, Mm-hmm. which I am the uh, vice president for the Nassau County of Long Island mm-hmm. uh, chapter, we had a youth summit. And the youth summit was phenomenal. We had people from different parts of the country, including a young, thir- a young lady who at 13, year old, at 13 years old graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And at the time... Tell me that. You mentioned that. Yep. At the um, time, here, her name is Haley. And at the t- time that we had, uh, she was in her second year of her second college. Okay, so this is the kind of so when you talk about youth, I'm I, I I'm not just talking words. I'm talking about oh, we have some phenomenal people, man. You know what I'm saying? Among the young people, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> so we have that, um, and uh, we're gonna do that quarterly. So we want to have another one of those, and not to leave older people out. On January 27th, we had a, a, a forum for um, the older people. Called where do we go from here? Speaking about issues. And what, what day? When is that? No, I'm oh, saying it took place. But so you know, but we want to again have more because you know uh, uh, people are constantly demanding. You know, uh, you know, interested. So we're really trying to build up our organization, but also build up the community, and that's mm-hmm. so important. It's very important. You I know. Agree. You know, so so look for that. You know, we have a Facebook page. Yeah, shout <laughs> out. Shout it's out. called Nan and Ann. 
National Action Network, Nassau County Chapter. So, you know, look for that. My name is Ujima, U-J-I-M-A, Jami, J-A-M-E. We have a number, I have a number of pages, but that's my Facebook name, page. Mm -hmm. You know, so anything that's going on, you know, mm -hmm. we're going to uh, do that. If you have suggestions, we mm -hmm. take suggestions. That's yes. fine. You know what I'm saying? But I think this is such, so good with the pandemic because of the fact now we can reach out. We can have somebody from, um, <clears throat> excuse me, from California. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Just as, you know, now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a, a guy did a movie on Roosevelt and uh, one of them and, and then he died. And it basically uh, focused on the Eddie Murphy era on. Mm -hmm. But I want to do from the Eddie Murphy before that. You know, in terms of, you know, the people that came out of Roosevelt. Um, and the other things, I, I'm very close with Central Park Five. I want to do something with mm. them. Mm. And there's a number of people I want to do things with, you know. Oh, so, there's big plans. There's still yeah, big plans coming. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, can't stop. We're we definitely, we definitely going to be mm -hmm. looking forward to being a part of that. Mm -hmm. and absolutely. So, I we just I just want to say I personally just want to thank you Ujima taking out the time and kicking it with us and just dropping a lot of jewels and giving us a lot of game because you put us on to a lot of stuff this interview and I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very informative. Appreciate Listen, it. Thank you. Not a problem. I appreciate that's knowing like you. That's yeah, what thank like you. Head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know because good people enjoy other good people. Yes, yes. sir. Yes, sir. Are we gonna end it right there? So. I'll be your host, Finesse Leo. I'll be Mac More Money. And this has been Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Alright, we're going to do it again. Alright. Oh, yeah. I'll be your host, Finesse Leo. And I'll be Mac More Money. And this has been Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Jewel Talk. Spitting up the jewels. But Jewel's your heart. We out of here. Peace.